the, the most important lessons that I've learned is to understand who your customer is first, right? Focus on what their needs are. Figure out how to do something yourself, document it, you know, document the process, and hand it off to someone else, and try to spend your time building systems that enable less expensive resources or technology to do what needs to be done instead of you trying to manually do everything yourself. If you're constantly doing the same process over and over again, you should be thinking about documenting that and finding somebody else to do it for you. Um, and you know that's the way to start scaling what you're doing from a marketing perspective. That's great advice. And it also will help you avoid burnout because that will happen as well. And I do have a couple of that, my friends, was Ben Shapiro. I was recently on Ben's podcast, the MarTech podcast, and Ben records a ridiculous amount of podcast episodes. He does 12 a week. Like little me over here doing two a week, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is a lot of work, Ben. How do you do 12? Well, he's going to share his process for doing 12, and he's going to break down the one part of marketing most of you are missing and what you're doing wrong. It is one little thing. It is the most important little thing. I didn't do it. He didn't do it. And looking back, it's like this is the easiest thing to do. So we're going to talk about what you do instead of that one thing, how to stop doing that, and be like Ben, y'all. Because he went back and fixed that mistake back in the day, he's recording 12 podcasts a week. Like, publishing 12 podcasts a week, not just recording them. Like, that's a lot. He actually records more than 12 because when he's not doing his podcast, he's doing other podcasts like this one. So you're going to learn a lot here from Ben Shapiro. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Ben Shapiro, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. I'm so excited to be here. It's uh, always an honor to talk to the maven herself. <laughs> you are funny. We chatted on the MarTech podcast, which was an amazing chat. Um, most people subscribe to at least seven podcasts. If they're not already subscribed to MarTech, why should they be? What do you do over there? Um, well, it's my favorite one. I'm, I'm a little biased. The, uh, the MarTech podcast uh, talks about all of the different ways that marketers use technology to grow their businesses, and then also how they get ahead as a marketer and hopefully improve their career. So we cover a, a, a wide variety of marketing topics, everything from how the biggest companies in the world use data and technology to market themselves, all the way down to how people that are independent marketers you know, should market their startup brands and figure out the basics of their marketing strategy. It really is a, a broad technology-centric marketing show. And why technology? Because that's the way the world, because we're all talking about bits and data and, and how we can do automation and do more with marketing through technology as opposed to, you know, hoping and praying, try to be a little bit more sophisticated and think about what actually works and setting up systems to make it easier on, uh, on the marketers. And you 
publish a lot of podcasts. Talk to me about your schedule and how you make that happen, because that's very impressive to me. Thanks. Yeah, I actually, um, when I think about content production, we publish seven, no, 12 episodes a week um, that are across two podcasts, and that's outside of doing any guesting like this. So I, I spend a lot of time in front of this microphone. I have a comfy chair. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I talk about being data driven as a marketer, and when I started creating um, the MarTech podcast, it was a, an experiment. Um, and it was meant to be a lead generation uh, piece of content or a content platform to try to get people to hire me as a marketing consultant. Um, and what we ended up finding was that originally when I started launching the content, I would do these long Joe Rogan style hour, hour and a half interviews, getting into the weeds, you know, kind of like short movie style podcasts about, you know, somebody's career. And a lot of people would listen to the first 15 minutes and then they'd drop off. And so I said, well, what happens if we cut the content to be the same amount of content, but just break it into two parts? And people would listen to 15 to 25 minutes for each of the two episodes. And so that made me realize that there is a shorter form content that, you know, our content is relatively dense and people can only retain the information for 15 to 25 minutes. So let's just create our content in 15 to 25 minute increments. When you came on the show, we recorded two pieces of content, but we talked for an hour. And so that's two 25 pieces, minute pieces of content. Now I have to, you know, Monday and Tuesday for next week booked and I can sit down with somebody for an hour and a half and break the conversation into five different pieces of content. So for me, you know, a lot of this when you're getting into how do you create that much content or how much content should I create, you have to understand how the channel works. We found that with the density of our content, people only wanted 15 minute increments. So we just do a lot of 15 increment minute increments and I kind of record them in bulk. And talk to me about the work that it takes to actually edit these and put these out for people who don't have podcasts, because that's like, just to do one, it's a lot of work and it's more work to break up that one and to publish so much. Yeah. Um, the first episode you're ever going to do is the one that you're going to work the most on and you work less and less over time. And, you know, when I did the first episode for the MarTech podcast, I recorded the content. It took me an hour, I actually probably did about an hour of prep for the interview. Then I recorded the content. Then I spent about three hours editing it. Um, and then I spent another hour publishing it and then another hour promoting. Okay. This, this episode took 10 hours. Now, if I were going to do that, that's 120 hours for 12 pieces of content, which is what we publish per week. Obviously, that's unreasonable. I have a wife and two small children at home. I'm not spending 120 hours working in a given week. So what I did was I figured out how to do it myself the first time. And then I said, okay, well, it took me three hours to do the editing. Why don't I just go hire a professional editor and spending three hours of my time, which is worth, let's say, hundred and $200 an hour, whatever, you know, you just decide your billable rate is, I can go find an editor on Upwork or Fiverr to edit my content, do a better job than I was going to do. And it's going to cost me 15 to $25 an hour. So for me, the math was if I'm going to do this podcast, I could spend three hours of my time where I could pay roughly $50 per episode to edit the content. 
Well, it makes a lot more sense for me to just outsource it. You know, I have to have the capital to be able to do that. But it's really a question of how valuable is your time? How much time are you going to spend doing the activity? I, I can't replace myself as the podcast host for my show. I have to do that part. But in my process, what happens is, you know, we have an automated system that helps us with the scheduling, right? We have a calendar link where people come in. I show up for the interview. I have a template that I use for the introduction that I've been reusing, and I'm just basically swapping out the person's name, title, writing a line or two of copy here. So the prep for the interview in advance doesn't really take a long time. And then once the interview is done, I have a system. We used to use Airtable. Now we use Monday.com. But it allows us to say, okay, what's the current status of this piece of content? This interview gets broken up into two pieces. And has it been edited yet? If it has not been edited, then I tag the content editor. And he goes through and he turns the piece of content into the the recording into an actual piece of content. And then when he's done, he tags somebody else who's responsible for taking that content and writing a summary. And then when she's done, she hands it to the person who takes the summary and the piece of content and puts it on our website and schedules it for publication. And when that person's done, they send it to somebody else to send emails to the guest letting them know that the piece of content's ready and when it's gonna be published. And so moral of the story here is I did, you know, all eight of those steps the first time and figured out what I wanted the process to be. And then I broke the process down into discrete parts and I found people who are talented and experts in their field, but, but less expensive than I am to go do the work. And I'm able to go do the stuff that actually makes money or you know, do the stuff I have to, which is record the content. So Figuring out what you want to do, documenting it, and finding less expensive labor to help you, you know, work your processes and do it well is, is really the way to expand your content production. And something like this, obviously, you're paying for the help. You have a lot of help. So if you are going to put this much time, effort, and money into it, you want to be making money off of what you're doing. You want to be using that podcast as a a lead generator and a revenue maker. So talk to me about how you and other people like you who do invest so much time and money into their podcasts, how they're making money. Yeah. So I'll say that I'm an extreme example, right? My business is podcast content production. Um, And so that's why I'm doing 12 episodes per week. Most people are doing one, two, three, maybe five, but probably not. Um, you don't have to spend that much time doing the content production or or invest that much money into doing it. My business is uh, an ad-supported business. So we have podcast sponsors that come in and pay us for creation of advertorial content. We have them as our guests, and we call them out as you know paying sponsors when we interview them. We have them do... We have host-read advertising, which is me reading the ads for them and helping them share the purpose of their products uh, and their services. Um, and then we do some more sophisticated stuff because we're a marketing podcast that we have the ability to understand who's listening to the podcast, and we can either retarget those people with other ads. Like, right, I can find out who's listening on my podcast and then target them on Facebook. Um, or we can find people that look like our podcast listeners and share that data with the sponsors so they can then go do their own marketing. Um, that's our model, and that's not what most people are doing. Most people are doing a podcast because they want 
to be able to network with the guests, right? They want to be able to make connections that they wouldn't have been able to make otherwise. They're trying to find new business. Most of the time that's through the guests that they're interviewing, or they want to own the conversation and be positioned to be an expert. Um, and they're just sort of hoping that that content produces awareness and affinity for their brand, and so that helps to drive sales. Um, everyone has a different reason for producing their podcast. You know, not everybody is running a media business like we are, but you know, we have a host of products where it's our sponsorship model that really is what drives revenue. And how did you get into all of this? Like, what did you do before you were recording twelve podcasts a week? Can I tell you a funny story about the first uh, the first podcast? I ever oh, please do. It starts off with I got a little drunk. Stop it! Yeah, yeah. Why were you like a, nervous? A, no, 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 no. Um, I was at a party, and, and you uh, just thought this is a great time. To I didn't start have kids yet, so I could you know <laughs> not worry about how much I was drinking. All I had to do was you know go home and not embarrass myself in front of my girlfriend at the time. Actually, it was my wife, and she was pregnant. Now that I think about it, um, so how long ago was this? Uh, let's see. She was pregnant, and Albie's about to turn four. So it was about five years ago. Okay, all right. So I have too many cocktails, or or just enough, depending on you know who you ask. And mm -hmm. uh, I had to pour myself into a lift, and I was driving through the suburbs of San Francisco, and I was feeling a little gregarious. So I sat in the front seat and I started talking to my Lyft driver and I was asking about, you know, who he is and where he's from. And he said that he was from North Korea. Well, I'd never met anybody from North Korea because it's, you know, a communist country. They're and not they're allowed out. Not allowed out and they're not allowed <laughs> in the United States even if they go out. So I'm like, no, 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 you, you're wrong. You don't mean North Korea. You, you, there's a translation issue. You mean South Korea. He had a very heavy accent. And he's like, no, I'm from North Korea. I defected. I got caught by the Chinese government, brought back to North Korea, got put in a slave camp and escaped and then made my way to South Korea and became a refugee. And the United Nations helped me get to the United States of America. And I was like, you got to tell me the rest of this story. And so it was just, this guy is amazing. Chol Charles is his nickname, Ryu. And the podcast is called the A Long Road Home Podcast. So, uh, we had this amazing conversation. It's San Francisco, you know, five years ago. So inherently we got stuck in traffic. We got about 45 minutes to chat. And I just, I wanted to hear the end of the story. So I said, hey, do you want to tell the story to other people? He said, yes. I'm like, I'm going to turn this into a podcast. I'm going to make the next serial. Here's my card. If you want to tell this story, I will record it and I'll publish it for you. And it was just an art project. And so I didn't have microphones. I didn't know what software to use. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just experimenting. I was just, you know, passionate about hearing this story and helping him tell it to other people that I created the A Long Road Home podcast and did it as a, a side project. These are the things that you can do when you don't have kids. I just, you know, got drunk at a party, listened to uh, some guy telling about how he escaped from North Korea and said, I'm going to record this and tell it to the world. Those That's how I got started podcasting. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what were you doing at the time? Were you an entrepreneur then, or did you have a job then you know, when you were taking lifts with North Koreans? Um, yeah, I, I had just left my last startup job. Um, I got frustrated because, you know, I'm here in Silicon Valley, and everybody wants to work for the cool startup jobs, and it's like work all day and all night and take less pay and the angel investors and the venture capitalists yell at the CEO and he turns around to the marketer and says, it's all your fault. Or at least that's how I felt. 
And it just wasn't working out for me. I was just tired and stressed out. I didn't want to live that life. And so I left to become, and I don't know what. Um, I just started taking on short-term projects, and it turned out that was the start of my consulting practice. And I ended up having companies hire me to help them with brand development and marketing strategy projects. Um, and, you know, I'd go work for one company for two to three months and another one for, you know, six to eight weeks and another one for a week or two. And those pile, those projects just kind of piled up on each other. And the next thing you know, I was running a consulting business. And then on the side, I was making this podcast thing because it was fun. And talk about, let's change gears a little bit because you are a wealth of information when it comes to, I like marketing technology. I like those together because marketing is so freaking broad and it can mean so many things. And marketing technology can mean a a lot of things. But when people start their own marketing, I have a lot of listeners who are side hustling. Maybe they still work full time. Um, They could have just started their, their agency or their business, whatever it is. They can't really afford or they can't afford, but they still have that, you know, beginner money mindset. Mm -hmm. So they need to handle a lot of that marketing themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some things that you see that people do right and that people do wrong? Let me tell you how it should work. (laughs) What do people do right and what do people do wrong? Uh, My answer is like, we all screw something up and, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah, right. Like everybody does stuff right and wrong. Um, the the sort of way to do marketing successfully, in my opinion, is you start off with the foundational stuff. You have to understand who you are as a business and what your core strengths are. And I'll, I'll use you know me getting into podcasting. I was just a naturally talkative person. I felt comfortable being in front of people and putting my voice out there. So podcasts were just an inherent strength for me. It's a good match as a medium. You have to understand what you're good at. Uh, and then you have to think about who your customers are. And and developing a brand, which is what you need to do first, is understanding the overlap between who you are as an organization, even if you're just one person, and what your strengths are, and who what your customers want. And so, you know, the, the first thing you need to do is go talk to those customers and understand what their needs are, who they are, how they think about products or services in the niche that you're trying to fill, where they look for them, and what they want to hear. And you can just go ask those people those questions, and they'll give you the answers. So, you know, if I'm running a consulting practice focused on growth stage company in Silicon Valley, I need to go interview 10 people that are working at growth stage companies as marketers and talk about what their problems are. Now, you're going to hear some common themes amongst those, you know, 10, 15 conversations you're going to have. And so for the example of me running my consulting business, the problem is we relied too much on performance marketing. We were just paying to grow and now we're spending too much. So we need to think about other ways to grow sustainably and scalably. And so then it becomes, oh, okay, you need to figure out what your brand is. And then you need to develop content marketing strategies that lower the cost of your marketing efforts. That was a common theme that I heard amongst the people that I was targeting, but I had to go talk to them to understand, you know, where are you thinking? What are your problems? Where are you thinking about finding consultants? It turns out they're like, they just show up in my inbox. I'm like, I got to show up in your inbox. Now I know my marketing strategies. You got to go set the foundation by talking to your customers 
and thinking about the overlap between who you are as an organization and what their needs are. That's the marketing foundation. And out of that conversation, you'll unearth what are the things they need to hear? How do I position my product or service? Where are they looking to hear about it? And how do I reach them? Hey, I'm running a clothing brand. Well, how do you look for clothing brands, person that's interested in my type of clothing? Eh, they just show up on Instagram. Okay, I need an Instagram profile. I need to go master that one channel. Right? So, I mean, to me, it's like understanding who you're, this is a marketing podcast. Thinking about marketing is the overlap between your products and services and, and what your customers' needs are. The technology and the marketing and the sort of the application of the advertising strategy all comes out of who are you as a brand and who are you trying to, who are you trying to reach? This sounds like so simple and so easy to understand. It sounds almost like common sense, but I honestly believe not a lot of people do this. And I think I, I want to get your feedback on why you think they miss this. I think for two reasons. One, there are so many things to do, so many different things that people just kind of do a little bit in a lot of places. Like they get the shiny object syndrome, like I need to be here and do this and do that. And then I think another reason is that they see these people who look successful online and they say, oh, well, this person's doing this, so I should be doing that. Mm -hmm. They never focus in, like they don't stay in their lane and focus in on what they should focus on. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn as a marketer and an entrepreneur. And it was one of the problems that I was having doing, you know, startup marketing was, you know, I was working in a business to consumer service, uh, kind of a delivery type service. And the, you know, most of our acquisition was driven through Facebook, but I wanted to be on Facebook and Google and Pinterest and Schminterest and Snapchat and Snapchat. <laughs> and, you know, like we had to manage all these different profiles and instead of saying, okay, we're going to do Facebook, we're going to cultivate this channel, and we're going to cultivate our organic growth channel. I think the first thing you need to think about when you're starting your marketing, where are the customers looking for my products or services? How do I master the one most important channel? How long does it take for me to become effective in that channel and what are the resources I need? If you're running a B2C brand and you're you know, a clothing brand, a retail brand, people are looking for clothing and then most of the time it's discovery through social media. It's through Instagram and Facebook and maybe you got Pinterest or Snapchat or TikTok depending on how old you're targeting. You need to not only create a profile and start building some organic growth, having people follow you and starting to engage with the communities there. But you also need to think about your paid media channel, right? Your advertising. I would not start advertising in Google and Facebook. Facebook and Instagram are the same thing. But Google, Facebook, Instagram, and then also start doing radio ads and podcast ads and billboards and all these things. Like you just got to do the one channel first and get that channel to be ROI positive and try to start to think about scale. Now, you don't just want to only invest in in performance marketing and the stuff you have to pay for. You wanna be doing that so you can get some bodies in the door and spend just as much as you need to keep the lights on and to start showing that your business works, but then also start cultivating what, what I call organic growth channels. This is your content marketing, your influencer outreach, your public relations, all the stuff where it's like, great, 
I am investing in developing how people think about my brand and the brand's reach by creating my own content that people can discover or working with other influencers that have a platform to get them to write about me. Really, if you're doing your one real good performance marketing channel that you know if you get it right, your company is going to grow, and then starting to develop organic growth. So at some point as your performance marketing channel scale to the point where you're like, I don't want to spend this much money, now you're starting to see your organic stuff kick in, and that becomes more valuable to you over time, and you can start decreasing the amount you're paying for your advertising. Cultivate one channel at a time on the paid side, and then cultivate your organic growth channels that take a long time to develop. I love that. That's great advice. And if you do it all at once, then you, it's hard to tell exactly what's working sometimes because, I mean, it's even like when you A-B test something. Like, you don't A, B, C, D, E, F, G test something. It's an A-B test for a reason. Yeah. The truth is nobody knows what they're doing, right? Everybody <laughs> is developing their expertise from square one. The, the platforms often change so fast that if you're starting from square one to learn Facebook, you're you're at a little bit of a disadvantage if you've never you know, run a Facebook ad. You have some learning to do, but the platform's gonna change in six months from now and everybody's playing catch up on what the new features are. You know, learn the, the fundamentals, start with the new features. You're gonna have a, a new advantage and you know, you'll have an advantage because you're focusing on what the, you know, the new hotness is. Um, you know, and you just got to stay with it. We all started from nothing at one point. I just wouldn't start from nothing on five channels. I would just say, I'm going to master this one channel. And then I'm going to, you know, once I hit the level of scale, start to think about other ways that I can, you know, either get somebody else to manage this for me so I can cultivate a new channel um, or just taking on more work and doing two things at once. And I feel like you brought it full circle. Like we talked about how you can release 12 podcast episodes a week. And I think it all started with you focusing on that one thing and going all in on that one thing. You figured out a way to outsource it so you can have time to move on to the next. That's If I had a piece of advice for anybody about how to save money and scale a marketing channel, it is mastering the ability to document a process find someone less expensive to do the basic blocking and tackling for you and then have a system for reporting sort of automating the process and this is you know something we talk about a lot in the martech podcast is the concept of marketing automation right how do i do my one task and then check off the box and then the the next person in line right is the henry fortification that's the you know the uh what do they call it your assembly line Thank you. The fortification, your assembly line uh, for your content production, right? I cannot do content production, editing, copywriting, and publication while doing ad sales and marketing and team management. That's too much. Mm -hmm. I record the content. Everybody, the rest of the team takes care of their stuff. And I don't even listen to the podcasts, right? I have the conversation. I know what was said. If something I, was needed same. to be edited... I will know while the conversation is happening. Um, same, so I do the same thing. I'm shocked at how many people listen to their podcasts. I'm like, well, weren't you there? I listen to the good ones. Like, I'll go back and re-listen to our conversation from the MarTech podcast because it'll show up in my podcast feed. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, that was an interesting conversation. I do want to hear that one. But 
you know, most of the time I'm like, oh, okay, I just, I've already listened to this conversation and now I can listen to the sports podcast and relax and enjoy myself or I could re-listen to a work conversation I already had. Nobody goes back and listens to their old meetings. You know, it's just not practical. That's true. Makes sense. Ben, anything else you want to add that I should have asked? Anything else that you should That's have? my reporter question. I always asked. do that on TV. Oh, man. Um, no, I am not the political podcaster, Ben Shapiro. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. I'm going to link to this, Ben, in the show notes. So um, you'll get the right one. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, when we were talking before the podcast, started, you were telling me a little bit about your audience, and they are the self-starter crew. Um, and I went from working at eBay to starting my own startup, right? I went from a big, you know, 15,000 person company to a company of one. And, you know, I've done entrepreneurship projects a couple of times now, and, you know, the MarTech podcast and the, the Voices of Search podcast, the little content empire we're, we're building over here. Um, the, the most important lessons that I've learned is to understand who your customer is first, Right, focus on what their needs are. Figure out how to do something yourself, document it, you know, document the process, and hand it off to someone else. And try to spend your time building systems that enable less expensive resources or technology to do what needs to be done instead of you trying to manually do everything yourself. If you're constantly doing the same process over and over again, you should be thinking about documenting that and finding somebody else to do it for you. Um, and you know that's the way to start scaling what you're doing from a marketing perspective. That's great advice. And it also will help you avoid burnout because that will happen as well. And I do have a couple of podcast episodes with experts in creating standard operating procedures and how to document that and how to put that together so you can build a team and team building. Like for me, I don't think I would still have my PR agency if I didn't build a team. Like I was going crazy two years ago. And the only reason it exists today is because of my team. Yeah. So 100%. Fiber, Upwork, right? There, there's places where you can find resources, people that are talented, that are around the world, that are working for, you know, it, it might sound like it's not enough, but like four, five, six, seven dollars an hour when you know the minimum wage here in the United States is $15 an hour, sometimes you want the local talent. You know, sometimes you need somebody that understands the market. Um, but you know, there are lots of talented people around the world that their you know, living wage is $3 and you're paying $5 and they're over the moon to have the work. And so it's just the kind of economics of geography. And, and, and to me, that's one of the keys to stealing. Speaking of geography, people, Ben is in California. That's why he said minimum wage is fifteen dollars. It's is like it half not? that. Oh my gosh, Ben! No, it's like half that in other places. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> California is its own special beast. It I is very special. That. Yes, if you want to make fifteen dollars an hour, then you can go there. But you're going to be spending a lot more on a lot of other things. Yeah, but the average <laughs> bedroom in San Francisco costs forty five hundred dollars or something absurd like that. So you know, you pay for what you get when you move into there. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. It's funny. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Ben. We are going to link to all of your information in the show notes. People can find you at the MarTech podcast. Where else would you like them to go? Yeah. MarTechPod.com or just search MarTech podcast in any of the podcast app stores. That's the place to find the content. If you're interested in contacting me directly, um, 
benjshap.com, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P is the consulting website. And there's some contact forms. Um, and my social handle is benjshap as well. Ben J. Shap at him on social. Tell him thank you for sharing all of his amazing wisdom with us today. Thank you, Ben. Christina, it was a blast. Tap that subscribe button if you have not already. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Ben Shapiro. And remember, you can watch this. This is a video, people. Make sure you head to the show notes, head to my YouTube channel. I will link to it in the show notes so you can watch these episodes instead of just listening. Thank you so much, and I will see you again very soon right here on Become a Media Maven.